0: Fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to get some of this. McAllen unveiling a $9,000 bottle of scotch, 40-year-old scotch aged in sherry oak. I just had some McAllen 12 last night. I'm going to have to get my hands on this. I think it'll go fantastically well with the Perdomo cigar that I will enjoy today. And the reason that I will enjoy a Perdomo, because in our Cigar Masters series next hour, Nick Perdomo of Tabacalera Perdomo. Perdomo Cigars will join us, talk about his adventure into the world of cigars. I've known Nick for 22 years, and I'll tell you a story how I first met Nick and his uh, cigar stash when he first came up to be on the show 22 years ago. Consisted of about 20 cigars. That was a cigar inventory in his humidor. We will get to that. We'll also talk about what is happening with these millennials that have zero respect for those in authority and zero respect, period, as far as I'm concerned. And we will address the problem with these softy millennials. They're soft. They're weak. They are a bunch of pansy asses. We will get to that. As always, I extend to you, my long-ass greetings and salutations, a long-ass snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, I invite you to follow me on social media. Just go to CigarDave.com, upper right-hand corner. You will see we've got all the links for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you can follow us along. We've also got, for those of you that want to see what an Alpha Pleasure Fest is like, we've got all the pictures as well as the audio archives of the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the flight line that took place back in early February. A cornucopia of outstanding material, and if you have not done so already, please be sure to download the Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to us worldwide, 24-7, 365, live show, noon to 2 Eastern time, We run a continuous loop after that time and also shows on demand. Very quickly, I should tell you that we did have some issues with the Cigar Dave mobile app on an update, specifically on the Android. Sergeant Steve, do we have that all uh, resolved? Is that all squared away? Have we figured out what the uh, issue was?
2: We are still working on it. The tech team is on it nonstop, 24-7,
1: until it gets fixed. Excellent. No harem for them until they get it fixed. Just... Letting you know on that. That will speed things uh, up considerably. I'm sure it will. No hot dames, no hot meals, and uh, no hot libations or hot cigars. So we'll keep them making sure that they get everything squared away. Okay. Let's first of all talk about – I I spent a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the items contributing to the breakdown of boy behavior. What we saw that happened in Parkland – at the school there, the school shooting, the school massacre, I, I, the, the simplistic blame, you can just point your finger and say, oh, it's the NRA. It is guns. And, of course, love these students, these millennials, and, and even some politicians now saying, well, if you support the NRA, you are a terrorist. They're a terrorist organization. That is so damn offensive. It's unreal. You have people who believe in hunting. You have people who shoot for sport. You have people that are members. You have police officers that are members who also want to defend their right to protect themselves and others to be able to protect themselves. But to call Americans and members of the NRA terrorists is an outrage. It is unacceptable, and it's deeply flawed. But as always, I give you a different take a different analysis of why I feel we have seen an increase in these school shootings. And I will briefly recap the four reasons. I said, number one, the feminist movement, because boyhood behaviors are discouraged. The feminists want every boy to become neutered, a wussified beta, at a very young age. So what happens? Normal social development behaviors are ostracized. They are eliminated. Boys are now attacked for being boys. The second The focus uh, of of girls in the classroom. Boys are being neglected. Now, whether that's conscious or unconscious, it is happening. It is fact. Oh, and by the way, I've got an article here. First time ever, first time ever in the history of the University of Oxford in England, Mick the Brit is, uh, I wonder if, Sergeant Steve, what do you think? Mick the Brit, a, a graduate Summa cum laude of University of Oxford. I think it was just uh, I think, cum laude. I think it was just no, no, no. Cum- he was he was no, 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 no. I no, no. He was magna cum laude, University of Oxford drinking team. He was in charge of the pub and of fueling the students. In he was that case, two of the team. Exactly. He gets an A plus. Loads again. Guinness, just right up to the tap, straight up. But the one of the world's most prestigious universities, for the first time in their one thousand year history has admitted more women than men turning point the new class of undergraduates that will be coming in in 2000 i think they started 2018 1070 women admitted 1025 men a huge turning point now here's a kicker and i've stated this all along i've said this on the show numerous times there are more college graduates that are women than men more Secondary degree holders, people getting their master's or PhDs, more of them are women than men. And I have no problem with women going to college and no problem with women getting degrees. What I do have a problem is when boys and men are specifically being targeted and specifically being singled out and they are not given the same focus and attention as girls. It should be equal. Girls, boys, everyone should have the same opportunity. That is not happening. A 2014 study, 128 U.S. colleges found that 16 admitted women and men at equal rates, including Harvard and Princeton, 48 admitted more women than men. Here's a kicker. 2.2 million more women went to college in the United States than men in 2017. Now think about that. 2.2 million more women went to college in the U.S. than men. So I ask you, Who is the minority now? Who needs minority protections? We always heard girls need to be favored. They have been the minority. There's a glass ceiling. Folks, I'm here to tell you there is an absolute glass ceiling now for boys, for men, for alphas. But because we're alphas, we're not going to stand for it. We're not going to take it. We are going to just shatter that ceiling. And there is a ceiling for men. Make no mistake and boys. But I stated the focus on girls in the classroom, boys being neglected, is the second item contributing to the breakdown of boy behavior. The third, lack of masculine role models. With more single-parent households, more boys living with their mother, we're seeing further feminization. Not having an alpha male influence takes a tremendous toll. And the fourth, Item, contributing to the breakdown of boy behavior, everyone's a winner. The everyone's a winner generation, the entitlement generation. Everybody gets a participation trophy. We don't keep score. There are no winners and losers growing up. Everybody's a winner. You don't learn how to lose when you're young. Consequently, when you get older, when a boy gets to be 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, even in his 20s, and he's always been told his whole life, little Johnny, you are fantastic. You are a winner. You are brilliant. You are the best looking. You are the best athlete. You are the smartest. Even though he could be the ugliest schmuck on the face of the earth, no, 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 no. His parents and everyone around him I'm going to tell him, little Johnny, you are magnificent. And little Johnny starts believing the BS. And all of a sudden, when little Johnny doesn't get his way and he is rejected for a job or something happens in his life, where there's some sort of loss, what happens? Little Johnny snaps. Because boys are not taught how to lose. They're not given that motivation that when they do lose, be more motivated to excel, to work harder, and to win. Constructive criticism is now equated with a personal attack. The entitlement epidemic is pervasive in this country. So... Perfect example, people saying, oh, we've got to immediately, we've got to blame the NRA. We immediately must go, and we must uh, have gun control. Now, look, there are some sensible gun regulations that I think should be instituted. But I do have a problem. If an 18-year-old goes and serves in, in our military and gets an honorable discharge, let's just say two years later at 20 or a few days before he's 21, He now can't go out and purchase a firearm to protect himself or just for shooting or for hunting. i got a big problem with that. The same people, the same exact people that are saying that you must be 21 to purchase tobacco. You need to be 21 because you're not smart enough to make your own decisions at that age until you're 21 to purchase alcohol. You're not smart enough to make your own decisions on buying a weapon Until you're 21. But oh, by the way, we now want you to vote. We want to lower the voting age from 18 to 16. Or 14. This is the flawed logic. It is absurd. You're smart enough to vote supposedly at 16 or 18, but you are not smart enough to own a firearm, you're not smart enough to have a drink, and you are not smart enough to smoke a cigar until you are at least the age of 21. The hypocrisy is rampant. Now when I come back, I will share sound bites. Two things I want to play. I've got a number of sound bites. First of all, the students, two students, Cameron Caskey and David Hogg, the two now self anointed activists from the uh, school. What's the name? I want to get the correct name uh, of the, uh, the school that uh, Marjorie, that's a long ass name, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. I'll just call it MJS, from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. These two students now became the darlings of the fake stream media. And the reason is because they tow their line. And the disrespect that they have for people of authority, the disrespect they have for senators, the disrespect for generations that have come before them is palpable and it is unacceptable. We're going to play those and also Chris Rock, the comedian who some things I, I find funny, some things I don't. I don't necessarily agree with his politics, but He did a short comedy bit, and we've got an excerpt talking about the no-bullying policy at his daughter's high school. And he brings up, in a comedic way, he brings up some very interesting points that we should take into account. So we will talk about that. We will get to Nick Perdomo, our number two in our Cigar Masters series. We'll get to the TSA, the Transportation Screw-Up Administration, once again focusing their energies and attention on the very, very wrong people, people that never in a billion years would be any threat. But I'll tell you what. Thankfully, the TSA, yeah, they're going after 84- and 85-year-old women using walkers that are about four foot ten in their heels, and they're protecting us all. Even though we've got a new president, there's a new secretary of Homeland Security, the TSA is more screwed up than ever, and I will get to that. I am the global alpha and global five-star. I will take no disrespect from any of these pansy-ass millennials. If they come in front of me... I'm going to give it to them straight, and if they give me one peep, one word of disrespect, I will kick their ass from here to kingdom come.
0: The March selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a crowned head sampler, including La Carame. This cigar is rich with flavors ranging from dark chocolate to espresso beans to black cherries. La Carame is dense with a luxurious silky texture. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com.
3: Line. All Padrón cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Apano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padrón. For your Padrón retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padrón is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight.
1: The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app. 100%
0: 100% USDA-certified alpha male. With zero trace of wussification. It's the General Cigar, Cigar Dave.
1: Dave. All right. On Real Time with Bill Maher, a week ago yesterday, so a week ago Friday, two students, the two student activists who have gotten all the media attention, the media darlings, David Hogg, and Cameron Kasky. Now, you will recall that Cameron Kasky was the student at the CNN town hall, the part of the the, the student youth that looked at Senator Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, and prefaced his statement by saying, when I look at you, it's like looking down the barrel of an AK-47. Now, if I was Senator Rubio, I would have stopped that kid dead in his tracks and said, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by that? And I would have flushed it out from him, and I would have gone right after him saying, you know, you can disagree with me on my gun policy, but don't ever equate me with the murderer or any other terrorist that would murder, kill, victimize students or any other American. I find that to be disrespectful and very offensive. Now, if you want to challenge me on any other position, fine. But that Cameron Kasky, as soon as I heard that, my response my First thing I said was, that millennial needs to get his ass kicked because clearly the kid has no respect, and his parents allow this nonsense to happen, and it finally got uh, to um, the moderator, Jake Tapper, who finally, when, when, when Kasky kept mouthing off, finally Tapper had enough and said, okay, Cameron, enough. It's exactly what he said, and you could tell he was getting a little flustered. All right, so this is a week ago Friday, the Parkland student activist, Cameron Kasky, The demand for action from politicians hit it.
4: With the march, we want Americans to stop being afraid of demanding our politicians to take action. They work for us. We don't work for them. And the march is us... (laughs) the The march is us coming out and saying to our employees, you guys suck at your job.
1: Okay, now, first of all, I agree with him. The 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 representatives, the senators, they do work for the people. But by the way, this kid isn't a taxpayer as, as far as I know, unless he's got a job and remember, most millennials if a parent suggests that his kid, his or her kid should get a summer job, I mean that is grounds alone to report them to the National Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. Because making a millennial get a job these days, and not all millennials, because there are many millennials that work hard, have great values, but the millennials, many millennials listen to this show, but you know who I'm talking about. These punk-ass kids that are little wise-asses that have zero respect and think everything should be just handed them on a silver platter. And by the way, if an employer spoke to Cameron Kasky like the way he just spoke, demanding action and, and, and giving him lip, I guarantee you the millennials would have a meltdown because you cannot give a millennial constructive criticism. Not all, just the punk ones. The ones that have zero respect, they'd go into a tizzy, they'd go to human resources, they'd start jumping up and down because remember, they're perfect. They're great. They are they are just winners in every aspect of life. Now I want you to listen to Kasky again. Listen to this lack of respect.
4: We don't respect people just because we have to. We don't respect you just because you have Senator in front of your name. Right. And uh Mr. Rubio, if you don't believe me, watch, you know, the the news.
1: You know what? You may, not, you may disagree, and trust me, I disagree with a lot of lib politicians, and I'll go after them, but if I'm in a meeting with them, I'll be tough with them, but I'm respectful. And even when I've had politicians that I've disagreed with on this show and debating them, I still show them respect when they are on this show. The problem is this Caskey kid, and I'll guarantee you a ton of other kids that are at this school, have zero respect. His parents did an absolutely pathetic job. His parents... If, if I'm watching this, his parents should be mortified by this little son of a bitch. All right, next up, here's Cameron Kasky again discussing... He's one of the great constitutional scholars of our time. Could be the greatest constitutional scholar in the over 240-year history of America as he discusses the Second Amendment.
4: The, sec- the Second Amendment is a very, very good piece of rhetoric defense that I've seen a lot because it, they they put it as if we're attacking a... a, a- Right, that you're born with. And at the end of the day, a 19 year old. But it is if you're an American.
1: Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. Cameron Kasky, as I just said, clearly this man is so smart because everybody's told him he's a genius. And clearly, the man at 17, 60, whatever he is, one of the great constitutional scholars of our time, we're born with the right in America of the Second Amendment. Yes, that is correct. The Second Amendment in the Constitution. Hey, Cameron, I know you're a genius. I know you're a great constitutional scholar. But it behooves every constitutional scholar, really every American, to read the Constitution once in a while. You'll find it remarkably fascinating. And you'll find it uh, amazing in terms of what rights we are granted, that our forefathers granted. To every American citizen. Now I've got some more sound bites from this. We will continue. A couple of real snide ass comments that I want to get to, and then when we come back, the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, Nick Perdomar, Cigar Master Guest Hour Two.
5: Hi, This is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm gonna go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary that's the cigar that celebrated your 15 years in business and I gotta tell you it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky? You both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at Rocky Patel.
4: Com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes.
0: Alpha male with nads of steel. The general cigar, cigar Dave. Dave.
1: No hint of ossification anywhere within a one mile radius of my aura, of my being as the global alpha male in chief and the global five star. Continuing, discussing the two Marjorie Stoneman Douglas student activists Cameron Kasky, David Hogg, the media darlings. And again, I'm not minimizing what they went through. What they went through is horrific. And I don't mean to minimize that, and I'm not minimizing that. I have no problem with them saying, hey, we want change. You know, We went through it. We lived through it. I have no problem with that. My problem is the attitude and how they are going about doing it because it is really a character. It casts every millennial in a very bad, disrespectful light. Now, continuing. Cameron Kasky, and again, just as a reminder, he was the student that, uh, asked, that started, prefaced his question to Senator Marco Rubio at the CNN town hall, stating that when he looked at Marco Rubio, it was like looking down the barrel of an AK-47, which was really uncalled for. And if I was Jake Tapper, I would have interrupted and, and, and gone in and said, listen, you want to go and, and, and challenge his policies, fine, but we're not here to, uh, to disrespect anyone. But Jake Tapper is not an alpha. Jake Tapper is a wussified beta and lost control from the get-go. Maybe that's what CNN wanted. And Marco Rubio, as much as I like Marco and he's been good for the cigar industry and helping our cause, Marco Rubio has wussified beta tendencies. He looked weak. Look at him in the debate when he was sweating and Trump went after him. Same thing. He couldn't even hold, he couldn't even reply back to this little 17-year-old punk. Now, here's Cameron Kasky talking about the generations before us. Listen to this clown's snide ass remarks.
4: To all of the generations before us, we sincerely accept your apology. And <laughs> we, ap- we, we appreciate that you are willing to let us rebuild the world that you f-ed up.
1: That's great. So he says, effed up, right on national television. His parents must be so proud. Now for him to say that the generations before him have effed up the world, let me see. Was it the greatest generation, the World War II generation, that saved the world from oppression, from tyranny, from a a genocidal murderer? Was it that generation, Cameron? Was it the generation that discovered the polio vaccine, the vaccine in which really eradicated a horrible disease? And by the way, Cameron, had you been around before the polio vaccine, You, just like every other kid, would have sweat lead-ass bullets every summer in fear that you would contract that horrible disease and take away your ability to walk. Was it that generation? Was it the generation that provided great technology and increased technology for health care, for other technological advancements that we use in society. I wonder what generation was that, Cameron? Because I can tell you what generation it wasn't. It wasn't the millennial generation. It wasn't the generation that was given every damn thing, every damn day, every second of the day. It wasn't the generation, the millennial generation, that basically believes that they're entitled to everything. No, it was the greatest generation, the World War II generation, where 16- and 17-year-old kids that weren't legally able to join the Army did so despite not being legally able to do so because they believed in the defense of their beloved country. While you, Cameron, are on HBO and CNN and mouthing off to senators, the greatest generation the boys that were your same age, 16, 17, whatever the case is, they were up to their ass in lead bullets and mortars and water waist-high watching their fellow soldiers get murdered and slaughtered while trying to scale the cliffs of Normandy. So you little son of a bitch have a hell of a lot of chutzpah and a hell of a lot of nerve to say that every generation before you has effed up the world. No, the generation that is effed up, is the millennial generation, and you, Cameron Kasky, are Exhibit A of a pathetic, weak, lame, and pansy-ass generation. And what you really need is a year in the Army, because I'll tell you, they will straighten your ass out with a boot up the ass in five freaking New York seconds. But no, it's the generations before us that effed up the world. His parents must be so proud that they've raised... A wise-ass millennial that has zero respect for any of the people that came before him. He's in for a rude awakening. When he goes into the job market, now all the media is kissing his ass. They are doing everything they can to elevate him, give him his 15 minutes. This kid is going to be flushed out when the media no longer needs him, and he'll be sitting by his phone waiting for Bill Maher, waiting for CNN, waiting for Meet the Press to call, and they won't be calling because he'll be long forgotten. His 15 minutes are just about up. I don't give a damn how many marches he wants to organize. His 15 minutes are just about up. Now, Sergeant Steve, before we go to uh, David Hogg, let's finish off with Cameron Kasky, that brilliant constitutional scholar. Let's talk about his political leanings and when he went to his first rally for his favorite, favorite politician.
4: I was at my first Obama rally when I was seven years old. Seven years old? You barely. So you don't even remember Bush, hardly. I I remember hearing a lot about Bush.
1: So you know his parents must be ultra liberal Democrats, South Florida, of course. He goes to his Obama rally first when he's seven, so he's part of Obama youth. And this kid, clearly, forget whether whether there was a shooting or not. This kid's political leanings were ultra left from the get-go. That's fine. He has the right to do that. What he doesn't have the right to do is to criticize the generations that have given this country and given this kid the freedom to speak the way he does. What he doesn't have the right to do is to treat those people who are willing to listen to him with zero respect. But it all starts with the parents. That's where it starts. It starts with the parents. And clearly, Cameron's parents told Cameron from a very young age, Cameron, you're brilliant. You're genius. You're great at whatever you do. You are a, a, you are a champion without even having to lift a finger. I even wonder if this kid ever had a summer job. Probably not, because his parents would say, Oh, wait a minute, we can't have our little Cameron. We can't have our Cameron working. That would be demeaning. We can't have, because, again, he's so perfect, he shouldn't be working. He shouldn't get his hands dirty. No, 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 no. He should just be put on a pedestal and admired by all of America and the world to see, especially the liberals, and what an outstanding young child that we have raised. And I assure you, most people in America seeing this kid, except the ultra-libs, are mortified by what they are witnessing. Now, let's finish up with the appearances on Real Time with Bill Maher. We could go Friday. Cameron Kasky's classmate David Hogg, 17 years old. Now he, of course, I believe his father is a retired FBI agent. He's been on Meet the Press. He's been on all the different uh, TV uh, TV shows. I believe he was on the Ellen DeGeneres Show, and he was out at Bill Maher. So clearly, they're flying all these kids out, probably first class, taking them, uh, putting them up in first class accommodations. These kids, the best thing that ever happened. I really, I, I, and I know that I'm going to get criticism for this. For these kids, I guarantee you, these two kids say, hey, the best thing that ever happened to us was that shooting because we escaped, no problem, and look at the publicity we're getting. And I know that sounds crass, and I know that many of you may criticize that, so be it, but I'm telling you, I deep when you listen to these kids, this is their shot. This is their 15-minute shot of fame. I mean, they are milking it for every second, every single second. And David Hogg was on 17-year-old was on also Bill Maher, real time with Bill Maher. And he was invited. He was one of the students that the White House reached out because he was a spokesman, because the White House saw him on television. They reached out to him to attend the listening session in the White House that President Trump organized relatively quickly after the shooting because he wanted to hear from people and he wanted to take action. President Trump proved to be a leader. That's what leaders do well. No matter what President Trump did, David Hogg wasn't going to have anything to do with it. And I want you to listen to what David Hogg did when the White House came a-calling.
6: I actually hung up on the White House the other day. You hung up on the White House? Yeah, because they called us the Surprise. day before... You got through. Well, no, they they called me. And uh, oh. they actually called me the day before the listening session and asked if we were going to come. And I said, I'm not coming because we expect President Trump to come to the CNN town hall, which he never declined the invitation from and the fact that they called us the day before i found very offensive considering the fact that there are funerals the next day there's mourning we still had to do and i i ended on this message with them i said president trump we don't need to listen to president trump president trump needs to listen to the screams of the children and the screams of this nation
1: well you can clearly hear the massive amount of disrespect first of all the white house called extended invitation to him i don't care look if obama called me and i agree with obama zero I mean, maybe like 3%, if that. But I can tell you, if President Obama or the White House called me and say, look, the President would like to have you here, wants to listen to you, participate in whatever forum we're having, we would like you to attend. My answer would be, I appreciate the invitation. I will be respectful. I will attend. I will say my piece. I'll do it respectfully. I'll disagree with President Obama. and be And, and, and attend. You're either... On the, menu, you're, the, the, the joke is you're either at the table or you're on the menu. And for this kid, it shows you how immature this David Hogg is. Oh, we're not going to go up. Well, I'll tell you what. Every other family that went up there said the president was extremely respectful. He listened to everybody. And this kid, this David Hogg, showed what an idiot he really is because a smart kid would look and say, hey, I don't agree with President Trump on this, and I don't agree with his policies or his his support of the NRA but I want to make my peace hold. And had he done it respectfully, I assure you, President Trump wouldn't have cut him off. He didn't cut other people off. He listened to everyone and took the time to meet the families beforehand. But this David Hogg, for him to come out and say, oh, they called me the day before and I found it disrespectful because there were funerals to go to, well, the White House was putting this together. I'm sorry, David, little David Hogg. We'll call him little David Boss Hogg. I'm sorry, Boss Hogg that the president didn't check your schedule because you're such an important, busy guy. I'm sorry he didn't check every morsel of your schedule to find out when it would be convenient for you. But this is the lack of respect. This is the entitlement attitude. Oh, no, no, no. The White House doesn't, we don't need to bend to the White House. The White House needs to bend to us. We're bigger than the president. We're bigger than the White House. He went on and on. And it just to me, when you listen to this, Sergeant Steve, hit that cut one more time.
6: I actually hung up on the White House the other day. You hung up on the White House. Yeah, because they called us the Surprise day. Surprised before... you got through. Well, no, they they called me and uh, oh, they actually called me the day before the listening session and asked if we were going to come. And I said I'm not coming because we expect President Trump to come to the CNN town hall, which he would never declined the invitation from. And the fact that they called us the day before, I found very offensive, considering the fact that there are funerals the next day. There's mourning we still had to do. And I, I ended on this message with them. I said. President Trump... We don't need to listen to President Trump. President Trump needs to listen to the screams of the children and the screams of this nation.
1: We don't need to listen to President Trump. Well, President Trump was more than happy to listen to you. But the attitude, we don't need to listen to him. And by the way, Bill Maher, I think, was mortified when he heard that he hung up on the White House. Because I, you could just... Look, Bill Maher can be sarcastic and can disagree. But I think the one thing that stood out in Bill Maher, just in his head he was thinking... This little millennial punk has zero respect. And, you know, you can be – look, he's, he's a satirist, uh, Bill Maher, comedian, and he makes snide-ass remarks, as do I. But I don't think Bill Maher would ever hang up on the White House. If, if President Trump called Bill Maher and said, Bill, I'd like you to come to the White House. I want to listen to what you have to say. I assure you Bill Maher would not hang up. Now, he would disagree with the president. He would say, look, I don't, I don't agree with anything – But Bill Maher is smart enough to understand that when you get an audience with someone in power, you don't squander it. And just listening to Bill Maher, he was almost shocked and I think to a degree horrified that this punk hung up on the White House. But that's the millennial. And again, not for those of you millennials that listen to this show that are alphas, hard workers, this isn't directed to you. But you have classmates, you have friends, you see them. You see the massive numbers of millennials that just have zero respect that have this entitlement mentality and Cameron Kasky and David Hogg both have it. Now, I'm sure I'm going to get criticism from people saying, "Well, you didn't go with what they had to lock themselves and it was it was chaotic and it was it was it was, you know, extremely horrifying. I'm not minimizing that. I agree it was. And I'm thankful that they both came out and and they weren't injured or murdered. I'm very thankful that more people that, that that there weren't more casualties however that's not going to stop my criticism because these kids are milking it they're getting their 15 minutes and if they're going to come out in the public and act like this and be disrespectful then i have every right to go after them period they're making they're they're going on every national platform they are milking it for every last nickel and make no mistake They are being played by the media. And when they're done, the media has no use for them. They will discard them like a used piece of trash. And then all of a sudden they'll wake up and say, well, wait a minute, nobody's calling us to go to Hollywood. We're not getting first-class airfare to go to New York or or L.A. or D.C. We're not getting five-star hotels. We're not getting car services picking them up. Oh, by the way, David Hogg said he won't go back to school until gun control is passed. He said it at an anti-gun rally in New Jersey uh, back the end of February. Now, I don't know if he's back in school or not, but he said literally any legislation at this point would be a success considering the fact that so few legislators in Florida met with us. The fact they want people to forget about this and elect them again as the child murderers they are, that's unacceptable, and we're not going to let that happen. I'm sorry. To call the legislators because they disagree with your stand on the Second Amendment that does not make them child murderers. And in the very same speech, Hogg went after Florida Governor Rick Scott. Very nice gentleman, by the way. And by the way, one thing with Governor Scott, I've had numerous conversations with him and, and know him, and he's had lunch with him multiple times. He'll listen to you. I mean, he'll in small groups, he's fantastic, and he will listen if you disagree with him or say, Look, Governor, I, I, I have a different view. He's very respectful. He listens to people. But for this kid to say that Florida uh, Governor Rick Scott doesn't care about students' lives because his proposed gun control reforms don't go far enough, it shows you the naivete and really just how unsophisticated these two kids are. They think at 17 or 18, they know everything. They're smarter than everyone. Certainly they're smarter than the previous generations that came before them. That they declared. And clearly they're constitutional scholars. Not. But again... For them to just go after politicians, representatives, senators, the president, because they have a differing opinion and call them murderers and call them child killers and call them terrorists, equating them to ISIS, completely, totally, utterly unacceptable. Now, I know that there are people that will say, well, wait a minute. What they went through again is traumatic. I do not disagree. I don't dispute that. However, their method, hanging up on the White House and, 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 and criticizing generations. These kids need a massive dose of reality. Unfortunately, their parents never gave them a lick of reality or a lick of discipline or a lick of tough love. But they're going to find out soon enough. Download
0: the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers.
1: Okay, I need something to relax me after that long tirade against those spoiled, pansy-ass millennials. So I'm going to pull out, since we've got Nick Perdomo, who is going to be our cigar master for the next hour, our special guest. And the December two thousand and seventeen Officers Club selection was the Perdomo twentieth anniversary, both in the uh, in the SunGrown, the Maduro, and the Connecticut. I'm going to pull out the Nicaraguan SunGrown. The Perdomo twentieth anniversary launched in two thousand and fourteen, awarded the Nicaraguan cigar of the year. It is uh, handcrafted with the finest cigar tobaccos grown exclusively on Perdomo's. Nicaraguan farms from Esteli, Condega, and the Jalapa Valley. Valley. They use high primings from each region, a lot of flavor, smooth, but a lot of flavor, a little bit of spice, and comes in three wrappers, and I am going to be smoking the Nicaraguan sun-grown, grown in Nicaragua, so this is a Nicaraguan puro, a lot of flavor, It is rich. It is elegant. It is complex. Tons of great reply, a response from people and members that got it back in December. It is a lovely cigar. And we're going to talk about Nick's entire lineup next hour.
0: Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Self sharpening double edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus.
1: From the RD laboratories, the Cigar Day signature lock and load. Here we call this the Concord because it looks like uh, the jet, jet flames, jet engines. On the Concord, listen to that. That's what I will use today. All right. Cigar
0: r- pre-lightation oh. checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure.
1: Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. I jumped the gun. Already went throttle up. I'm puffing and rotating. Mm. And I remind you. Mm. Next hour, I will tell you about Chris Rock. We'll play that soundbite talking about no bullying policy at his daughter's high school. He makes a great argument on toughness. And it relates to what we were talking about today with these millennials. We'll get to that. And then Nick Perdomo from Perdomo Cigars, Tabacalera Perdomo, our special guest in our Cigar Masters series. He'll join us next hour. I am the Global Alpha and Global Five Star. More alpha male pleasure maneuvers coming your way next.
0: The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown. As you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Network, 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 Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida.
1: on the alpha male lifestyle. Alpha male pleasure maneuvers. That includes, in no particular order, cigars, spirits, delicacies, dames, dice, travel, sports. Everything associated with being able to relax and play hard after we as alphas work hard throughout the week. Guilt is not an option here on The Cigar Dave Show. We don't feel guilty for being... 100% USDA alpha males for having massive amounts of testosterone that flows through our blood vessels. And we do not apologize for enjoying life. We'll leave that for the enemies of pleasure and the loser wussified betas that wish they were like you and I, wish they were alpha males. I kind of feel sorry for them, but not really. And I welcome you back, hour number two of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show, I would say this award-winning edition, and really every edition is an award-winning edition, your global five-star and global alpha male-in-chief, front and center. Don't forget, follow us, social media, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook is Cigar Dave, Instagram, Cigar Dave, YouTube, Cigar Dave, as well. Now, Nick Perdomo will be joining us in just a few minutes. He will be our special guest in our Cigar Masters series. Next week on the Cigar Dave Show, we will be celebrating... Two very big events. Actually, first up, before we get to what we'll be celebrating on the show, this coming Wednesday, March 14th, which is exactly one month after Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, February 14th. I refer to it as Super Bowl for women. Uh, We need a day for ourselves, men. And Wednesday, March 14th, is known as International Steak and BJ Day. It is the Super Bowl for men. Two things we enjoy. Actually, we should make it Steak. Cigars, Spirits, and BJ Day. And to quote Samantha, who played the character or the character that was on Sex in the City, I'll never forget one of the classic lines of all time. She's like, I don't know why they call it a I'll keep it clean here. I, I I I'm not even gonna mention I'll just say I don't know why they call it a job. They should call it a blow joy. Because really it is such a joyous occasion for the dames and for the males who receive them. And by the way, if you don't receive them, then it would be my suggestion you change wives or change girlfriends, or both. Maybe get a new guma, get a new girlfriend, get a new mistress, get a new wife, get a new harem. But whatever you need to do, it's all about your pleasure. Her pleasure was Valentine's Day, Feb 14. Now it is about your pleasure. Also, next Saturday, St. Patrick's Day. We will be celebrating St. Patrick's Day on the Cigar Dave Show with Irish whiskey and Irish beer Delicacy-tasting maneuvers next Saturday, noon to 2 Eastern time. Sommelier Dave will be joining us front and center. We'll have our whole crew and our cast as we enjoy some fantastic Irish whiskeys and Irish food, Irish beer, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Because on St. Patty's Day, everyone's Irish, including this global alpha and this global five-star. Also, one last thing before I get to Chris Rock. The March Officers Club selection is coming to you from Crown Heads Cigars. My good buddies, Mike Condor, John Huber. I've known them for a long time. They are great guys. They've developed and created a wonderful boutique cigar company. We're going to be featuring the Crown Heads Sampler. First off, a four-kicks cigar introduced in 2011. Medium-bodied, but very rich. A lot of finesse. Beautiful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. You'll get a four-kicks. You're going to get a La Carême. A beautiful cigar that has, it's almost like a chocolate souffle. It's very rich, it's complex, a lot of unique flavors from dark chocolate to espresso to black cherries, a very dense, luxurious cigar, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. You'll get a La Carême and a Luminosa. Now, this doesn't get a lot of attention, but this Luminosa is really a beautiful cigar. On the milder side, Connecticut-Ecuadorian wrapper, proprietary binder and filler. But let me tell you, it is a fantastic cigar. So the Crown Head Sampler featuring a Four Kicks, a La Carême, and a Luminosa. If you are not a member of the Officers Club... Go right now to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $22.95 per month gets you great cigars, three great cigars shipped to you in a Cigar Dave Officers Club pouch. We've got some great uh, selections that that are coming up. We've had an incredible lineup last year, year before, for the last 15, 16 years. Go join. Guaranteed you will enjoy yourself. It's month-to-month. If you don't like it, you're not happy, no problem. We don't do long-term contracts for that reason, but everybody usually is satisfied, and that's how we like it. All right, Chris Rock. Comedy bit. We talked about the wussified millennials. They're soft. And we hear in schools, oh, we can't bully. Well, listen, I've always believed that, you know what, if if somebody's going to bully you, then you better stand up. You better learn to be tough in school. Chris Rock, in a comedic bit, really exemplifies it perfectly.
2: So I'm, I'm at the school. I'm at the school. And the lady comes back out. She goes, I want you to know that the school has absolutely no bullies. We have a no bully policy. We don't don't permit bullying. Any bullies will be kicked out of school immediately. And right then, I wanted to take my daughter out to school. I was like, what kind of half ass education is this? I mean, school is supposed to prepare you for life. Life has goals and you should learn how to deal with them as soon as possible. Yeah, God forbid you wait till you're 30 to find out people ain't shit. <laughs> That's a lesson you need, quick! That's right, well I mean one of the problems with the world is we got too many people telling their kids how special they are. These souped up kids walking the streets today thinking they're special. I'm walking down the street and there's always some kid, hey, good work, Chris. Really funny, Chris. Love your work. I'm like, it's Mr. Rock <laughs> Stop telling your kids that they special. Maybe they special to you, <laughs> but not to me. I don't play that shit. Every day before my kids leave the school, I get them at the door, I'm like, Lola's art. Right, check this out. Soon as you leave this door, nobody gives a about you. Nobody in the whole world gives a about you. Nobody thinks you're cute. Nobody thinks you're smart. Nobody gives a about your opinion. Nobody on the whole earth, outside of this door, gives a about you. Nobody. And even some of the people inside the house a little on the fence. (laughs) We need bullies. How the are you gonna have a school with no bullies? Bullies do half the work. That's right. Teachers do one half, bullies do the whole other half. And that's the half you're gonna use as a grown-up. That's right, who gives a if you can code If you start crying because your
1: boss didn't say hi. And how true is that? How true is that? Chris Rock uh, hit it right, hit the nail on the head. He was totally accurate. Everything he said in a comedic way is very, very true. We need kids that are tougher by a little bit of bullying now and then. That doesn't mean you go after them major league physically and and really going over the top but we need to we are soft. This country has become soft. Kids, the millennials have become soft. Toughen them up. When I was a kid, you were a kid, hey, we got roughed up, we got toughened up and it served us well. Serves you well in the real world. So Chris Rock, he's right on the money, boy. He hit it right out of the park. When we come back our Cigar Masters series will feature Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars Tabacalera Perdomo. We'll go through the entire history and his lineup. Great conversation with Nick Perdomo coming around the corner next.
0: The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a crowned head sampler, including Luminosa. This cigar is made from Central American tobaccos wrapped in an exquisite Connecticut leaf. Luminosa delivers a smooth draw, brimming with rich, creamy, buttery flavors. Want cigars like these shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club.
3: line. All Padrón cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padrón. For your Padrón retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padrón is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General warning tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight.
1: As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So the Officers Club was born. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brick House, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Tarano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliffe, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to cigardave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Que
0: The foremost authority on cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave.
1: Well, that music reminds me of when I traveled down to Miami, going down to Little Havana. And a long time ago, when uh, Perdomo Cigars started off as Nick Cigars, I believe it was on Flagler in uh, Little Havana. That's going way, way back when uh, Nick Cigars first started, and even before then. I remember meeting Nick Perdomo, and I'll tell you the story momentarily. But first up, let's welcome Nick Perdomo of Tabacalera Perdomo, Perdomo Cigars, to the Cigar Dave Show microphones. Nick, great to have you. Dave,
8: my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Always great to be able to talk to you.
1: Yes, sir. I was just uh, in the first hour, I kind of reminisced a little bit about how we met. And you'll remember Jack Bennington introduced us about 20, almost 23. I'll tell you what, I think in August or September, it'll be 23 years. Hard to believe.
8: You're absolutely right. Time flies, Dave. That's, that's what it was.
1: It really does. And, and at the time, you were a full-time air traffic controller that kind of started uh, making cigars in your garage. And when you, I don't, I don't know if you remember this. You came up to Tampa. I don't know if there was a dinner or there was some event that Bennington put on. And I remember you actually had a humidor with you that maybe had 25 cigars. That was your entire inventory. That was it.
8: Yeah, it was. Uh, I met went, met up with Jack, but I was actually doing a, a charity event for Smitty over at Edwards Pipe and Tobacco. Oh, that's right, that's Tampa. right, that's right. Yeah, up in uh, in, in the Tampa area, we we're doing Tampa a charity Club. for the kids. Yep,
1: exactly. Yep, it was in the Tampa Club when you could uh, smoke cigars way back then, and uh, yeah. So let, let's talk about first of all, Nick, your background when i first met you you started you were an air traffic controller that kind of moonlighting in the cigar business but give us a little history of your family uh, because i believe in cuba they were involved in the cigar tobacco growing uh, end of things
8: yeah my uh my grandfather's brother was a minister of tobacco in cuba there's a lot of books on him his name is jose perdomo my grandfather silvio actually was the gm at partigas in the late 40s and my father was his main competitor at the H. chubman factory my my uncle tony was a buyer for tobacco in cuba and they used to have a company called Cuba Land. but i actually got in the industry just to um it's just something i want to do my father said you live in the greatest country in the world and if you work hard you can take anything you want so in 92 after i got married to janine i started out of my garage and started making cigars and uh my dad thought it was crazy because i was doing you know i was an air traffic controller i was doing good and after i got out of the military and in 95, I called my dad up, and I said, Dad, I sold a million cigars. He said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron. So, you know, kind of, <laughs> kind of kept going that way. And uh, thank God it's been a blessing. And, uh, you know, a lot of help from, uh, from guys like you keeping the cigar industry alive, doing, doing the great stuff you do on the radio, all the way to, you know, all our customers around, around the world. We've been, we've been really blessed, and we've grown this company beyond my wildest dreams.
1: Now, your first brand, I believe, Nick, was the La Tradition Cubana, correct? Yeah,
8: and then, uh, and then and then you, you know, changed. Then we had we had Nick Sticks too, which was an old brand that right. we had. We're we we're on Flagler Street. And what I wanted to do, Dave, in the in the late nineties, I wanted to put everything under the umbrella of Perdomo, in my name. So uh, it became you know La Tradition Perdomo Reserve, and uh, basically all the brands that we had with different names, we we actually put them under, like I said, the 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 umbrella. Of, of, of Perdomo, and I thought that uh, two things would happen with that. It would, it would show my, my guarantee of quality to our consumers around the world and also show off the consistency because I think if you, if you have the guts to put your name on the product, you have the guts to, uh, to be able to do the best you possibly can, and uh, we've been blessed that, that things have really worked out for us since we made that change in the late 90s.
1: Well, you also changed really the lineup, Nick. I know you 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 branded everything Perdomo, but you made a conscious decision. I got to say maybe what about 13, 14 years ago or you really changed your entire lineup, and one of the things that you did that nobody else really did was you would make the same cigar but vertically with different wrappers. So, if if with a Connecticut with a Maduro, with a Sungrown, and that gave every cigar a slightly different taste and flavor profile within that particular line. Absolutely,
8: because I always thought that if you went to a steakhouse, sometimes you eat prime rib, sometimes you eat bone and ribeye, sometimes you eat filet, and if you like something, like a particular restaurant, I can't eat the same cut of beef. So I always thought that a good-age Connecticut Shade wrapper grown in Ecuador or a sun-grown wrapper grown in in the Jalapa Valley or or a Cuban seed wrapper that we grow in the Jalapa or the Condega Valley was kind of our ribeye our new york strip and our filet and if you like the taste of that particular blend you could offshoot and people get bored sooner or later of a cigar and that way they would be able to try different wrappers and you're right they impart different flavors and what would happen is people could stay under that that umbrella of that particular brand whether it be 10th anniversary or 20th anniversary or so on they'd be able to enjoy that product and stay in it i think it built a lot of brand loyalty into our brand and it kept our stuff exciting at the same time.
1: Nick Perdomo, Perdomo Cigars, our guest on our Cigar Masters series today on the Cigar Dave show. Nick, when I come down, it's really a family affair. You've got Janine, your mom's involved. You've got now your, uh, you've got Natalie and Nicholas that are involved, your two kids. You really got everybody, uh, every Perdomo involved uh, in some way, shape or form in the business, truly a family business.
8: It's a blessing. And uh, I work really good with my family as much as I love them, uh, it's nice that you can be able to work with them because, you know, sometimes family's not easy to work with, Dave. But uh, I've been blessed that I've been able to do it.
1: Well, Nick, Janine, Janine did tell me that every so often she's got to keep you in line. I mean, she did she did hint that to me.
8: Yeah, she does. We did, we're we celebrating our 29th year of, uh, of marriage next month. So uh, I've been blessed, Dave.
1: Well, congratulations. I always kid uh, Janine because I know that – On Facebook, I'll see pictures of you and her way back. And I always say, Janine, you got to bring back the big hair. I'm telling you. Nick, in 29 years, you haven't changed. You look the same that you did 29 years ago. Maybe a little different.
8: You're too kind. I'm losing my hair (laughs) and all that other stuff. But uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm loving life. We're battling
1: time. There's no doubt about it. And, Nick, one of the things that you did is you realized early on that you needed to control – Your tobacco, you needed to control the production, and you were one of the first, I think, of the boutique manufacturers to establish a factory and then create your own farms, grow tobacco on your own farms. A very, very big undertaking. A lot of, really just a lot of logistics, a lot of capital. Tell us about that experience.
8: Well, you hit it right on the head. The reason I decided '99 to go vertical was just because, you know, there's an old Italian saying you buy the clam and sometimes you get the can, and I was getting tired of it. And uh, I decided the only way I was going to be able to control quality is to control my own destiny. So we started initially with growing tobacco on our farms, and what we tried to do is not only use um, traditional ways that we learned, but also looking at different stuff. We started working with bear in 2001 in Germany, out of Germany, and, and figuring out better ways. Uh, just to give you a, a little synopsis, so three years ago we started working with an Israeli company, and the, the Israelis are the, are the best when it comes to water savings. And we have a new system now where we can actually, we have a drip system that not only drips water, but also fertilizers directly into each and every plant. And it also filters the water from the rivers, cleans it, Takes all the sediment and residue out, and what we do is we can provide almost basically drinking water for the tobacco plants. At the same time, we can fertilize nine million plants on 17 different lots with one operator. And uh, there's been a lot of technology that we've been using that most people have never seen. And uh, sometimes you really got to think out of the box and listen to other people. And I've I've learned a lot in these. Uh, these 25 years, and it's it's been really good. But uh, from box making uh, to even make our own staples, developing our own seed with our genetic department, it really makes a big difference. It was a huge undertaking, and you're right, logistically it was it was huge. But I'm proud to say that it uh, it's more than paid for itself, and uh, we've been blessed that we've been doing it. And I, it was a great decision that uh, we all came up with, and I'm glad we did it.
1: Well, when we come back, Nick, I want to get into. One of the very unique machines that you have, probably, I know it's state of the art. I don't believe there's any other cigar manufacturers or tobacco farmers that have this machine, which allows you to be so efficient in planting the the seedlings and growing the tobacco that your yields just exploded. And I was there when you got a call from your farm manager. So when we come back talking with Nick Perdomo in our cigar Master series, we'll talk about that because it was fascinating, and I will share my experience. Of, uh, because Nick put uh, the factory, uh, the farm manager right on the phone and heard everything, and it was really fascinating to hear. They had a problem, but it was a good problem to have. So we will continue our conversation with Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars Around the Corner.
0: any of the general show you can catch up anytime with the cigar dave mobile app presented by diamond crown listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay or you can download a podcast of a past show search cigar dave in the app store to get it
1: The Cigar Dave Show is available 24-7, 365 via the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, iPhone, as well as Amazon Kindle. You don't need to be in front of a radio. You just need to have your mobile device ready to go. And you can listen to me take on the enemies of pleasure. Talk about the alpha male good life as we talk cigars, spirits, diversions, grilling, Go and download the Cigar Dave mobile app presented by Diamond Crown. Never miss a minute of a Cigar Dave show with the Cigar Dave mobile app.
0: To life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure, it's
1: the General
0: Cigar Dave.
1: Our Cigar Masters series today, we feature Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars, Tabacalera Perdomo. Nick, I was relaying a story, started to tease a little story. This has got to be about four years ago. I'm down in your office. And I should tell everyone that when I come down, it's like, uh, you know, just visiting family. Because we sit in your office, you, Arthur, Janine pops in, and and Nicholas will pop in. We'll smoke a cigar. We'll kind of chit-chat, have a little coffee. And you started to tell me and show me pictures and videos of this new machine that you bought that is ultra-efficient and it automates the entire seedling process, the planting process. Let's talk about that particular machine, and I'm gonna relay a story about that, but let's describe that and talk about what that does and why that makes you so unique and efficient.
8: Well, what it does, instead of hand planting, what we can do is we had this machine that we worked together with a family out of Ontario, Canada, and we can actually, from our greenhouses, take the, the actual plant, put it in the ground with a machine, open up the earth, you know, put water, algicide, fungicide, and fertilizer to the young plant and plant 240 plants every 60 seconds. And if you you multiply it with the four operators, you know, you're talking, you know, over, uh, over, you know, over, over a thousand plants a minute that we can do. And what's happened is it works on a laser and it, depending on the seed variety, it'll, it'll take the amount of dimensions and For example, if you're growing you know, Corojo, when we need 27,500 plants per acre, it'll do all the work for you. And what it's done, it's it's allowed us to move these different types of divisions of labor to do other jobs. And uh, the machine does all the work itself, and we get to be able to cross-train our people to do different stuff. And it's been a real win-win situation for the company.
1: Well, what it's also unique, what you showed me, is it plants in rows that are just perfectly aligned incredible amounts of yield, and it does everything. I mean, you showed me how it it, it plants it, it, the right amount of fertilizer, the right amount of water, and it is just far more efficient than what any humans can do, and it is giving you incredible yields, and that leads me to my story. You get a call while we're sitting, when I'm visiting you and we're smoking cigars, you're telling me about this, you get a call from your farm manager. And I should say that this machine loads up on a flatbed truck, and you take it from farm to farm. You get a call from your manager saying, we just did our harvest, and our yields are 30% more this year than last year with this new machine. And he says, Nick, what I'll do is I'll plant 30% less next year. And your answer was, no, keep planting more, more, more. And even though it's efficient, you can never have enough great tobacco.
8: You definitely can't, Dave. It's uh, it's really money in the bank, and uh, we win, the consumer wins, and our retailer wins this thing of working bale to bale is mind-boggling to me. You have to have big stocks of tobacco, well-aged tobacco, and uh, a lot of these new technologies that we had talked about a little earlier make a big difference, and this has been a, a real win-win. It's insane trying to do the same things over and over again expecting a different result. you got to really start thinking about, you know, doing better things. And sometimes I look at some technology, and I'm not in for it because I don't think it's efficient, but if it's, uh, if it's efficient and it works good, um, why not? Why not give it a shot? And this has been one of the one of the new things that that we did that uh, several years ago, a little over four years ago. Like you said, that has been a real big winner for Perdomo Cigars.
1: Now you are totally vertically integrated, with the exception of some of the Connecticut Ecuadorian wrapper tobacco, which you purchased, I believe, from ASP. Yes. All the other tobacco in your cigars you grow in house, all on your farms, all all aged, all sitting in your warehouses.
8: That's exactly the truth, and I think that's what kind of separates us and really changed us from the late 90s to where we are today. And uh, whether it be tobacco or different technologies as far as, for example, drop pressure or draw testing stations where we can actually draw test 18 cigars a second now, Um, different things that we're doing now that make a big difference. You know, nothing's more frustrating than lighting up a cigar and it doesn't draw. We haven't had a draw complaint in 11 years, and that, that makes me proud. And a lot of that has to do with the technologies that we're using, and I think you got to invest money in your company for your consumer and uh, your retailer. It makes a big difference.
1: Nick Perdomo of Perdomo Cigars and Tabacalera Perdomo are our Cigar Master's guests today. Nick, I want to talk about the, your farms in Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa Valley. Each region grows tobacco with different flavor characteristics. Will you go and just talk about each one of those and how they differ and, and what uh, the features of each particular tobacco region are?
8: Absolutely. Um, if you look at the Esteli Valley where we're located at, those grounds are heavily mineral-laden. They're volcanic. They're very black and rich in color. You can go down 140 feet. We've dug, dug wells, and the ground is just as black as it is on the top. But because of its weight, it produces a a lot of heavy tobacco, what we call Lijero, and a lot of thick, sun-grown binders and wrappers that we need for certain types of cigars. If you go up into the middle, you go into the Condega Valley, about 65 miles north of where we were just talking about. Grounds are very similar, but it's, it's about 800 feet lower than Esteli, and it has a lot of cloud cover. And because of that, the tobaccos grow thinner with a little less veinage. And because of that, we produce a lot of binder and sun-grown wrapper tobacco there, but the fillers also have a lot of flavor and a lot of richness. And if you move about 70 miles to the north of that, Dave, you hit the Jalapa Valley. Those grounds are, cont- are totally different. They're more loamy, which gives you better drainage. But, of course, those tobaccos are going to be thinner. Even though the grounds are extremely fertile, they're red, orange, even some, some light colors, light beiges. And those are more aromatic, sweet tobaccos. And those tobaccos, if you smell them, they smell almost like honey, wheat bread with a little bit of pepper in the back. And those tobaccos are a great mixing or blending tobacco that we can use. And a lot of our, not only fillers but most of our wrappers come up from the Jalapa Valley. We even have a shade-grown operation up there. But what's nice is when you when you look at Nicaragua, you have in those three valleys, you have about 190 miles between all of them. They really produce a lot of different types of flavors. Most of these countries have regions that are, you know, 12 miles around. I don't know how much difference you can produce on something like that. And I think that's what makes Nicaragua so different.
1: And you're also doing various fermentation techniques where you're actually putting tobacco in uh, different barrels to get different flavor uh, characteristics. And you're using that in your cigars as well.
8: Yeah, what we did is in 19, well, exactly in 2000, we started using bourbon barrels and we worked with a company called Buffalo Trace. Uh, One of our guys, Jeff Owens, worked with them. And the reason we use bourbon barrels, it's not to infuse flavor. What the bourbon barrels do is because at the time the law was you couldn't plug uh, bourbon alcohol or the alcohol for 60 months. Well, that alcohol impregnated. And when you ferment its tobacco, once the fermentation process would stop, it stopped. But Putting them in these bourbon barrels does three things. Bourbon barrels use unvarnished, at the time they were using French oak, now they use an American white oak, which is really good because it's porous. So you have dissipation of oxygen so you don't have mold because they're not varnished. The second thing is they char the barrels, and that charring agent on the inside is charcoal. It's like a filtering agent. And what happens is when you deposit the tobacco and they're under pressure, the free radicals of the alcohol start spinning and what it does it gives another fermentation and what happens to that tobacco starts heating up the colors get darker the cast of colors the shades go down almost they go up about two sugars caramelize wrappers become more oily and sheenier and if you look at the fillers they take on a cask of almost like a reddish brown color almost like burgundy and that's because that extra fermentation process and those sugars working and caramelizing those fillers binders and wrappers and we're not part, we're not per se infusing bourbon, but what it does is those alcohols give it another fermentation process. It's expensive. I see a lot of people saying they're doing it now. We've been doing it for a long time. It's worth the effort. And uh, we actually we actually case all of our wrappers, even down to our Perdomo Fresco and bourbon barrels. And we have we have five hundred and three of these barrels today in our facility. So we're a big believer in it.
1: Nick, your Perdomo Reserve Champagne, a great mild to medium flavorful cigar, very pleasant. Is that still your number one selling brand?
8: It is. We're, uh, we're happy to, to say, and I usually don't like to, to state numbers, but I'm, I'm proud of it. In 2017, that line eclipsed 5 million cigars wow. in 17, which I was really happy with. And once, you're, once you hit that number, that's, that's a pretty much it's a paramount. Cigar, it's, 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 it's a go-to in pretty much every decent cigar store around the country. Uh, we worked hard on that brand. It, it was unique with uh, Nicaraguan fillers and binders in a Connecticut Shade wrapper. Real flavorful cigar. But the Perdomo Habano Bourbon Barrel Age Connecticut is right on its heels right now. And uh, some of our guys are predicting that the Habano could overtake it in '18. We'll see. But uh, those are those are two of the big workhorses in the company right now.
1: Well, and you launched the Habano, what is it, about ten years ago now, Nick? Well, we had the we had the Cuban Parejo and then we
8: moved it over to the name Perdomo Habano, like I said earlier. We wanted to put everything under the Habano name. So in reality, that brand has been out for uh, seventeen years. And oh, we that,
1: had, I didn't realize it was that long.
8: Yeah, it is. And we repackaged it um, about ten years ago and it's and the brand is really, really doing well. We've been blessed with that brand.
1: And that comes also the Connecticut in the Corojo and the Maduro, so every one of the wrappers gives it just a little bit different flavor profile.
8: Absolutely. The wrapper can impart up to 10 15% of the flavor. It might not sound a lot, but it's astronomical when you consider it's only less than 1% of the circumference of the tobacco, so the wrapper imparts quite a bit of flavor.
1: And, Nick, when we look at another brand that really has done very well for you, the Perdomo Lot 23. Very nice cigar. Again, same thing. Natural Maduro Connecticut. And I remember when that was launched, and that's done very, very well.
8: Yeah, that's um, that's a big seller for us. That was a project my dad and I did. And my dad said, "It's better to make a quick nickel and a slow dime." I want you to price that really reasonable. Pigs get slaughtered, and I never forgot. My dad always said that, and um, you know, we still held its price. You know, it's still you know five ninety five, six ninety five, seven dollars, which by today's standards is still very reasonable for a super premium cigar, and it's a uh, it's a great piece. You can spend a lot more money on a lot of different cigars, but that's uh, that cigar has been a home run for us. We've been, uh, again, very blessed with that one.
1: Well, there's a number of other cigars I want to touch on, and we will continue our Cigar Masters conversation with Nick Perdomo. The final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The Cigar Dave
0: Officers Club selection this month is a crowned head sampler, including four kicks. This cigar is medium in body, but full in flavor. Four kicks is complex, rich, and defined by excellent balance while retaining a bright, clean finish. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club.
2: Romeo and Juliet, a story of two passions combining to create a love that lasted through the ages. Today, the renowned Grupo de Maestros join famed cigar makers Aging Room to craft a new story, the Romeo, by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room Cigar. Immaculately constructed by Aging Room artisans under the guidance of the famed Grupo de Maestros, this Dominican Puro exemplifies the best qualities of two storied brands. Elegant and aromatic, Romeo by Romeo y Julieta's Aging Room is a rich, savory medium to full-bodied cigar, a true work of love. Available now at your local tobacconist, pick up a Romeo by Romeo y Julieta Aging Room today and experience the love that occurs when two passions combine. Surgeon General warning,
0: cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease
5: in this difficult and challenging time when the government is trying to outlaw premium cigars and take away the art form of enjoying a beautiful cigar we decided to introduce our brand called Prohibition this cigar is going to be the bootleggers dream a gorgeous cigar made in Esteli Nicaragua triple capped using a broadleaf wrapper and a Mexican wrapper from the San Andreas Valley It's got Nicaraguan tobaccos from the Nicaraguan valleys of Esteli and Jalapa. It's rich. It's complex. It's got some spice, some white pepper, and a ton of sweetness. Full of flavor, this cigar is one that you're going to want to enjoy, and you're going to bootleg, and that's why it's called Prohibition. Enjoy it. I promise you're going to love it.
1: Well, the cigar I enjoyed for Litation today, still enjoying, is the Perdomo 20th Anniversary Sun Grown. It was part of a vertical tasting selection that was our December 2017 Officers Club selection. And Nick Perdomo and uh, Arthur Kemper, Perdomo Cigars, have participated every year for, I think, about the last 10 years. And Nick Perdomo rejoins us. Nick, it's a fabulous cigar. And, uh, again, comes in a Maduro as well, but just a beautifully balanced cigar with the different uh, tobaccos from the three regions, Esteli, Condega, Jalapa. And this cigar, when you launched it, this winner right out of the gate.
8: Oh, yeah. It's been been a real big winner for us. It's gotten a lot of high scores in all the periodicals, um, which I'm appreciative about that. But the the consumers are job number one for us. And um, we've been really... um, We've been surprised at the numbers of all three of the brands. It's uh, it, it won cigar of the year in, in 2015 at Cigar Journal. It won best brand in Cigar Journal in 16, and the the brand keeps catapult keeps catapulting up. Dave, I've been really happy with the results of it. It's one of my favorites.
1: And tell us uh, how that came about. Obviously, to celebrate the 20th anniversary, but what were you looking for when you wanted to blend that cigar?
8: Well, I not only to to not only for our anniversary, but I wanted something super rich. So what we did is we took most of our our lots that we have in the three regions that we thought were the best, that were basically in the middle of the fields. Most of our farms are wrapped around rivers. And the closer you are to the water bank, the the or the grounds are that produce lighter tobacco. So what we did is we took most of our what we call our heavier lots in the three regions. And what we wanted to do is we really wanted to produce a real flavorful cigar and it was a lot of work because the thicker the tobaccos are you want to break them down and ferment them good a lot of people really make a mistake between strength and flavor i can make you a light cigar that's under ferment it'll make your eyes water that doesn't mean it's strong it's a big difference between drinking md 2020 and drinking a you know a Macallan 25 and, and people's right. palates i think they're they're changed on that they think if it doesn't blow their head off it mustn't be strong no if you work and you blend the tobaccos right you ferment them and cure them correctly they should be smooth and rich and rich is different and rich is strength but it's it's pleasant strength it's not about knocking your head off you know and i could put chewing tobacco in my cigars if i wanted to do that or raw tobacco and uh basically what we did is we took those regions of condega salia and jalapa and it's been a winner it's um you know it's been five years and the brand continues really climbing and uh we had a a bumper, uh, a bumper year in seventeen on the sales. I've been really happy with the twentieth anniversary, Dave.
1: Great, stick, and the response we received from our officers club members was off the charts. And this cigar I'm enjoying now, the Perdomo twentieth anniversary sun grown. Amazing how different it is from the Maduro. Just adding that wrapper. Now I want to go to the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage. Another nice cigar that uh, really has done very well.
8: Yeah, it's it's our most uh, it's our most premium cigar. And basically, the unique thing about that is that utilizes the top five percent of the crops in our three valleys. Not necessarily the, the strongest tobaccos, but one of the tobaccos I like that we have a farm up on a up on a volcano and actually in a crater volcano. We named it Natalie, and we've been growing there for five years. And the first sets of secos or lighter tobaccos are actually in this blend, and it's a, it's a wonderful cigar. The packaging is, is superb, Rydag. and and Holland did it for us, and uh, we've been really happy. Even though it's, it's a young brand, it's, it's producing very well, and what I'm most happy about is our consumers and our retailers really enjoy it.
1: Nick, when I visited you uh, not that long ago, you were just getting ready to launch the 12-year uh, 12 year, 12 double-age vintage, and you uh. said, try this, stick one of these. It was before it was even launched, and I said, great cigar. Let's talk about that particular stick because that's very limited.
8: Yeah, that's limited because I cased the fillers, binders, and wrappers in bourbon barrels. And what happened was I had told my dad that my dream was was to actually come out with a cigar where filler, binder, and wrapper would have 12 years, and I would certify it. I've, we've seen these limited editions that never go away. A lot of times people get mad at me and say, why don't, why don't you make this cigar anymore? And I always say, well, because I ran out of the tobacco. And uh, what we wanted to do with this is I wanted to come out with a complete cigar that would be just like a single malt scotch and would have a minimum of 12 years in aging so what we did is our first year which was the first time you you tried it was a little over four years ago um, at that time we were working on 2001 2002 crop the problem that I had is I couldn't get any more fermentation out of the bourbon barrels after six to seven months but I said it would be 12 years old so what I did is I actually left those tobaccos deposited in there upwards to 16 and 17 months in those barrels and they marinated they really didn't ferment well but they aged in the barrels and what we did is because i wrote my signature these tobaccos would we'll be 12 years old and our first year we sold a little over half a million and we were averaging about five five ten five twenty four a year and this year's production which will is already starting now and it'll come out for the trade show in, in the latter part of july uh, we're estimating that we're going to produce about 540,000 cigars, but we're only going to be able to do it for two more years because we just don't have any more tobacco. We went up the successive crops during these four years, and I don't have anything that's that old after 2019. So um, we'll have this year, we'll have next year, and we'll have the end of 1920, and then we're done with the, uh, with the brand. But it's, uh, it's a special cigar.
1: So the moral of the story is, Nick, is if you like the Perdomo 12 Year Double Age Vintage, buy every box you can get a hold of.
8: Well, that's been my motto on every brand I make. But yeah, that's a
1: good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Lastly, uh, a little. I got to put, uh, put
8: two kids through college. You know,
1: <laughs> they're gone. Wait. Oh, wait. Natalie's going to law school. So, uh, yes. so there you go. You still, you still got to sell more cigars. Now, a project that that is near and dear to you, unique project, is the Perdomo Small Batch.
8: Yeah, the small batch was something unique because you know, Dave, well, more than most, but tobacco comes in small, medium, and large sizes. And basically the small batch was a small brother of 12-year double-aged vintage. The differences on this particular cigar is the fillers and binders weren't cased in bourbon barrels, only the the wrappers were, and they only come in, in pretty much small sizes. So, you know, if you if you look at, at at small batch, you know, it's a four by forty-six half corona. The raw child is four and a half by fifty. The biggest size is the Toro Especial 55 by 54 but most of the cigars are in the 46 to 50 ring gauge, a little bit shorter because of the size of the leaves. But uh, that one's been selling very well, too. We're producing more of those. We're we're producing about 3,200 boxes per shape and wrapper of each of those for this year.
1: Well, Nick, one of the cigars that I've told you about a lot that I love, this is an oldie but goodie, and yet you— Kind of shelved it, but you brought it back. I take credit. The Perdomo Squared Limited Edition Cameroon. Love it. But you can't get the uh, wrapper. That's the problem.
8: That's the big problem. We went to a Cuban seed wrapper in Nicaragua, which we think the cigar is excellent. But, you know, that cigar was really, its claim was its Cameroon wrapper. But uh, we're working with the younger Marifels right now, seeing if we can do a deal where we can start bringing some of that back. And supposedly it had a good crop this year, so I'm going out to Germany in September to look at the crop. And uh, let's see what happens. You know, I'm a big fan of Cameroon. So I I'm know. A- well,
1: you have to save some for me. Nick, I'm going to be down in Miami in a few weeks. I will definitely stop by. We'll get together. We'll catch up, smoke a few cigars in my regards to uh, Arthur, to Janine, Nicholas, Natalie, your mom, everybody down at Perdomo. We appreciate you joining us on our Cigar Thanks. Masters uh, segment today, Nick.
8: Thank you so much, Dave. Always a pleasure, man. You do a great job.
1: All right, my friends, stay well. That is Nick Perdomo. Can't wait to see him. And, uh, folks, let me tell you something. If you like that 12 year vintage, double age vintage, you better get a hold of it because it's going to be gone. All right, next week, St. Patrick's Day celebratory maneuvers. Everybody's Irish next week. Cigar Dave, the general saying Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra, extra long. Semper delectatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure.